This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, our introductory show tonight features our Grindhouse Pizzeria, which is dedicated to all things Grindhouse and exploitation. Whether it's extra cheesy or loaded with meat, you'll always get a belly full of hot, nasty goodness. Come on in, pull up a chair and grab you a slice. Notice. Plug it in. Did you really kill your mama? What? Did you really kill your mama? I guess I did. She must have treated you real bad. She was a whore. Dance naked? Sure, all the time around the house. Otis. Best little naked dancer you ever saw. You never. You telling me you never killed anybody before? I ain't saying that. Open your eyes, Otis. Look at the world. It's either you or them. You know what I mean. Do that, Otis. She's your sister. I feel like I know you. Like, like I've known you for a long time. I feel like I've known you forever and ever. It's like the blood droppings from a deer you shot. And all they gotta do is follow those droppings, and uh, pretty soon they're gonna find that deer. I ain't interrupting it, man. <laughs> See it again. Alrighty, folks and fellow cinema degeneration degenerates out there, welcome to another episode of Grindhouse Pizzeria. The pizza ovens are fired up, running hot, and got a couple of fresh pies in the oven waiting. And joining us this uh, evening, or I should say this afternoon, you got myself, uh, Cameron Scott. I am your host and my co host and cohort in crime, Tom Commissar. How are we doing? We're doing great, my friend. We're doing great. I am ready for this episode. I think, yeah. I think we both are. <laughs> yeah, this is this was a hard watch. This was a hard watch, uh, but uh, we, we're doing. I always say we're doing something special. We always got a specialty item for you, but we specifically curate these movies for you. But this one, whew, 
It's it's a hard watch. It's it's a great movie, but a hard watch. We were talking the notorious the night. I mean, with a capital N, notorious Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer from 1986. Uh, it filmed in '86, released in '89. After much delays, uh, directed by John McNaughton, who also uh, brought us uh, The Borrower, and starring the one and only in his uh, acting debut, Michael Motherfucking Rooker. That's right. Talking, and this, yeah, this is Michael Motherfucking Rooker as, uh, <laughs> as Henry, you know, and this is a loose, and I, I'm using air quotes here that you can't say, a loose adaptation of the true life story of Henry Lee Lucas and his roommate Otis Toole. Uh, you know, it takes a couple of, uh, you know, a couple elements from the from the, the real life story, which I'm not 100% familiar with. But, whew, yeah, this was a, this is a tough watch. I had I watched it once, you know, uh, a couple of, about a year, year and a half ago when it was on uh, Joe Bob's Last Drive-In and he had John McNaughton on talking about the movie. But I hadn't watched this in probably better part of the decade because it's not it's it's a great film. It's like magnificently made film, but it's, it's difficult subject matter. <laughs> it's not a happy go lucky kind of film. I think you'd agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 real. It's as real. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, we're going to get into it here. It's like, but I mean, if, if all those movies that like, it, you want to talk about. This is probably what it's like to be a fucking serial killer. This is that movie. Right. <laughs> you know, you this know, is what it's really like to be a serial killer. <laughs> well, I mean, I love how it even says on the poster, and a lot of people use the these kind of lines of, he's not Freddy, he's not Jason, he's real. You know, and it's just like that was always used for, you know, like right. movies to kind of show how legit they were. This is the real shit, but... This is, you know, goddamn! It, it like you, you you feel dirty watching it. Like after I was done watching it this time, I was just like, I'm gonna go take a shower, really hot shower, <laughs> scalding hot shower. I'm like, damn. But uh, well, you know, the the fact that it got two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert really shocks the hell out of me because they were not known for being, you know, fans of the genre, and that shows you right there just how meticulously and magnificently made this movie is. Yeah, that's uh, it's funny you mention that because you know you look when you when you look back at clips of I remember when speaking of Siskel and Ebert, never really a fan of Siskel. I liked Ebert because uh, you know he's a screenwriter and he and he did and he actually did some stuff and wrote when uh was it Beyond the Valley of the Dolls or yeah or, yeah uh, Ross Meyer. So you know he so he did some stuff, but yeah, those guys were like really hound, especially when Silent Night Deadly Light Night came out. And all that, and they were, you know, and it was like, oh, it's, these hate women, and they're women. It's like, it's like, dudes, you know, women love horror movies. They don't, nobody hates women, but they, and, but they were dead, yeah. But it was surprised when you, know, you see it, like they gave this movie two thumbs up. But you know, and and, and uh, I mean, it's funny in this documentary I was telling you earlier about watching that you can find on YouTube. Uh, Tom Towles went, uh, the great Tom Towles, when he's, uh, uh, uh. uh who plays Otis? There's mm-hmm. a thing where he was like, he was real proud when that came out, and he got the two thumbs up. He's like, it's to his family, like, ah, eh? eh, look at me now, huh? You know, <laughs> who I'm, I'm a real actor, you know? Yeah, small town boy, <laughs> fucking made it, you know? Right, exactly. And I, and I know we're kind of jumping around here, but uh, it was funny that when Tom's talking in this this thing, 
and you should watch us if you're going to watch this, man. This, this documentary is pretty cool when you watch the show. Uh, he has a story about the teeth. He had, I guess, a dentist friend is or someone who made him those funky-ass teeth. And they look legit, too, because at first when I was watching this again, I'm like, was it? What, did he really have really fucked up teeth before he got good teeth? Because that happened. <laughs> you know, people have fucked up teeth. You'll see, you know, clips of Johnny Rotten, you know, singing for the pistols, now rotted out his teeth, or now, you know, he's got nice teeth now. But, you know, so it could be, you know, and I'm like, man. But when I found out those were some, those were, you know, some fucking fake teeth he had made from his dentist. I mean, they do look legit, and they're fucking horribly ugly. This is like, oh, God. Yeah, like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, everybody's <laughs> teeth in House of a Thousand Corpses is just, right. like, you know, it's like, really oh, God. bad. You get near those. <laughs> They probably smell. Yeah, <laughs> like some funky ass teeth, but uh, uh, yeah, but, but funky teeth is probably the least of people's worries in this movie. Anybody living in, in the world of Henry Portrait or the Serial Killer, God help them. <laughs> right. The scariest thing about Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, uh, to me, when I was watching it years ago, which again, I know I keep saying this, we'll get into it, but. The biggest, the biggest thing I took about it is that, and even to this very day, there are guys out there right now that are doing this to people. I mean, there are people out there, there are serial killers in our midst that we, you know, might walk by in the supermarket. They're picking up something neat or something or or somebody you're passing down somewhere or somebody, you know what I mean? I mean, these guys live amongst us and they're out there right now doing this kind of shit to people and that's the scariest thing i mean i mean you know you watch you know slashers and all the crazy shit and that you know that crazy shit you know could be happening somewhere but 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 you know this this stuff this life that is portrayed in here is you know there are people out there right now living this life doing various things uh, of this nature to poor you know fucking people that just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and it's scary. You know, we think about, you know, there's lots of violence in this world that we're seeing all the time, but this is the stuff that's behind the walls. This is the stuff that's happening in that old right. farm you drive by every single day. And it seems like there's nobody there. Well, you don't know who's there or, or some old guy lives there. You don't know what's going down downstairs, you know, and, or, you know, this the house next to you in the nice suburban neighborhood. You don't know what's going on in that house. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't, you don't, don't know. know. You know? <laughs> that that little nice old man that you see at the coffee shop that you greet every Monday morning, you know, right. could have somebody tied up in his base, basement right now, and, right. and and probably likely does. Or the yeah. guy that came to your house and, you know, the handyman guy, you know, and he's, you know, he comes in your house and maybe just that day he decided not to kill anybody and he did come in and fix your your electric thing or your plumbing or something. Not, this isn't against people that are in in the business of going out and doing repairs. We need those folks. I'm just saying, you know, it could be just somebody, you know, like that who just decided today's not your day and you just got lucky. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's I mean, kind of like, you know, we're jumping around a bit. We're jumping yeah, around yeah. a little bit, but like the, the lady that Henry runs into that has the dog. Like he follows her to a bit to the to the alleyway and he just kind of turns around and walks away right. like, no, not today. You know, right. like, nah, let this one go. I liked her dog or something. <laughs> but, you yeah, know. something. You know, he just decided not to follow her home. You know, and uh and it was just your lucky day. You know, he just decided yeah. to go get some more go home or whatever or get some ciggies or whatever, you know. That's like you know, he's you know and 
that's a scary thing. You don't know. Those are all no. It's not a Freddy. It's not a Jason. It's not even a Leatherface. Although I kind of put this in the same category as a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's right it's up there. It's well. very. Yes. It's very real within the realm of possibility. And since this was even based, you know, loosely off real life serial killer, it makes it all that much more disturbing. And we'll get into a little bit of it. But I want to. I want to before we get too far. I want to make sure that I give the quick IMDb synopsis, uh, which is very, very, very simple, very short and sweet. <laughs> Not sweet. Uh, I can't. I shouldn't even say anything is short and sweet about this. <laughs> no but, sweetness uh, here. No, no. <laughs> a Henry, portrait of a serial killer from 1986, as is as follows. Once arriving in Chicago, Henry moves in with ex-con acquaintance Otis and starts schooling him in the ways of a serial killer. And that's pretty much it. That's uh, the, the gist of the movie. But I, I think it's a, it's a deep psychological profile on, you know, what makes a serial killer. Because I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because there's a scene between, you know, where Henry is, you know, is having his first day or second day of no, uh, knowing Otis's sister, Becky, who moves in with him. Right. You know, and she's trading her sad story with her family story of having a, you know, an abusive father and having an, you know, an asshole ex-husband that she's trying to get away from. And then Henry tells his story with, of, you know, his, his mother, which who abused him, you know, she was a prostitute, would make him watch, make him dress up in dresses and just beat him and do all this thing. It's a deep psychological profile of, you know, literally what, what makes a serial killer or at least what makes this specific one. But, you know, there is not even really any on-screen violence for the first 40 minutes of this movie, and it doesn't make of this movie, <clears throat> but it doesn't make it any less disturbing because there's like, you know, the way the movie opens with the that that montage of several different, you know, bodies and one floating in the ditch, you know, one in the hotel room, one laying face down, you know, and and it's the way it's shot and those long repeated long shots with all that, you know, of just the aftermaths is so disturbing. I've never seen, you know what I mean? I've never seen a movie done quite like that before. And I don't know that I've ever seen one filmed, you know, uh, photography wise like that ever since. Well, I agreed 100%. And the, 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 the opening shot of the first girl where she's kind of looking off to the side, she's laying like in a, She's laying, it looks like she's off to the side of the road or something, but she's in some grass or something. Right, and right. She, and she's got the, the brunette and she just, and she's like her abdomen looks like it's been slashed and she's got some blood on her and she's fully, she's naked. And then as they pull back, you know, the whole time they're showing these clips, <clears throat> you're hearing the music, which is enough, you know, but then they've the, got. The music the, is also very uh, good. Right. I might add. The, and the music, yeah, it's it totally sets up and it's, it gets you on your nerves. Like it's, you're very uncomfortable, like from the get go. Once it goes into that, and and you see these shots, and I agree with you, the way that they open this movie, uh, these shots, uh, as they're showing these different uh, victims, you'll notice on the soundtrack where these guys were really masterful. The guys that were that did the music and everything, uh, which was uh, Robert McDonald. Yes, Robert, a uh, guy named Ken Hale and Stephen A. Jones. Yes. 
And uh, and I have a bit just, of trivia. I'll interrupt for two seconds. I had a bit of trivia. Where they recorded the music was, uh, I forgot the name of the studio, but it was a run by primarily Christian rock and rollers. And yeah. they were shocked, obviously, shocked and appalled by the, the, the movie when it was done. But I, I'm sure they did not tell them what kind of movie they were scoring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. sorry. But no, no, you're good. That was funny. I was kind of going to lead into that. But what they had did is they they taken it was just kind of, <clears throat> you know, they went into it and were putting sounds together. And what's really cool, you notice, they thought, oh, you know, what we'll do, we'll just they they took like, we'll we'll while you're seeing the end result of what happened like the night before that day, and you see the victim, you're going to hear voices and screams and stuff. To, to to for the soundtrack of what the sound would have sounded like as that was happening to them. So yeah, you're yeah. hearing these screams and these things and they're mashing them together. It's not like one particular thing. And, and it's this whole like dissonant, these sounds of screaming and voices and, you know, pleading for your life. And, yeah, you know, and breaking and glass it, and the struggles oh, and everything. And it, yeah. yeah. And it really, and it really sets you like, it really, fucks with you you know like you're like oh you're already getting slapped around like nothing like you haven't seen henry do a thing yet and you're already like what is going on here and that picture of that girl i was just talking about was actually the idea that uh director and writer uh john mcnaughton who's you know uh, they were looking at stuff i think it was uh, richard fire his co-writer i think they were looking at pictures and stuff of the henry lee lucas Files and there's a picture of a woman in black and white. They show this picture in this documentary, and they show this woman who was naked, and she had like one orange sock on. It's a black and white film, but they'd said it was an orange sock, and she's laying there. And it was just like they kept looking at this picture, and it was like so disturbing, like this poor woman just laying there. You know, you didn't see her face. She's just kind of twisted. Her legs are all twisted, and it's just sick, you know. And 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 so they had this girl. They kind of did that when they opened that scene up. That first thing was based. It was inspired by that real photo. Oh, and, see, I uh, didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. They and uh, and that's that that photo kind of like that gave them the idea to do that intro to the movie like that, where they showed you know her, and then they show the girl face down in like that little shallow water, you know, like a pond or whatever. And the then, one that's disturbing is the one with the glass coke bottle oh, yeah, rammed down her face. Like, oh yeah. my god. Yeah, she's laying there. I mean, she's on like her toilet and she's like just leaning her head back and she's like, you know, like her bra's ripped off her and she's bloody. Yeah, there's broke a bottle in her mouth like sticking out. And That's of course, the, the picture I saw. That's the picture I saw. And I can't remember if it was in Fangoria or a now defunct uh, subsidiary magazine called Gorezone. And I had seen an ad for the movie and that was the picture they used, the one with the Coke bottle. And I remember seeing that like it you know, God, way too young, 12, 13 years old. And I was right. just like, I have to see this. And yeah, warp my poor little fragile mind uh, for years to come, man. Well, what happened in, in my memory, and I could be wrong, I remember having a friend of mine who had a copy of this. I don't remember seeing this in the theater. If I did, I don't remember. I remember sitting, unless I went there and then he had a copy later, because I know that it was released, like it was made and then released later on. I, I, I th If I remember right, 
we were watching it at his house. He had a room in the back of the on of the of like they had the house, and then behind the house they had a garage that was his room. And he and he and you know, so we went back. We used to go back there and party and watch horror movies on you know fucking his VHS. And I remember him telling me about this movie because you got to see this. You got to you you, you just got to watch this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm looking at you know, <laughs> I'm like, and we start watching it, and. I just remember, you know, that opening scene and, 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 and then just kind of going into it and, and then just went in just the whole thing, the whole normalcy of like watching Henry when he's in that little diner and he's like finishing up his cigarette <clears throat> and he's just, you know, and he says, you know, something nice to the girl that she's got a nice smile or something. And then he gets in his car and it's like, this could have been, you know, and then they cut to the, the older lady on the counter, like they're doing the flashback things where these things of, of what had been happening. And then like, I guess her husband or whatever on the ground, they both been shot or fucking stabbed or whatever, but there's blood everywhere. And that's the start of it where you're, you're seeing this normal guy getting in and out of that old, I don't know what he drove, but old green Buick or something. And he's just going to end uh, or Chevy. I think he was in a Chevy. And then, uh, so he's just getting you know, and then going down the street. You know, and just like, you know, looking at people and, and just like, you know, and he's just, you know, like, you don't know what he's doing. Like, what is he thinking about? And then they go back to other clips. And it was this whole setup. Like, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't like crazy. Like she, you just saw like just basic life going on with this guy going through his, you know, his world. And then yeah, he's buying a pack spots. of smokes, drinking yeah, a cup of coffee, you know, ha- eating like, at a diner. Like, but you know. It's him, you know, and then they, you know, but it's like, well, what, what, like, what is this, you know? And then it shows that girl, the infamous you were talking about in the bathroom, like sitting on the toilet. I mean, that, that is so fucking gruesome. And I remember the whole time, like, I'm starting to feel like really weird. Like I've seen so many, you know, you see so many horror movies and stuff, you know, and you go to the theater all the time and, you know, and it's like, you see him and you're like, you're not, you know, you see a lot of stuff and you, you know, and you're kind of like, you just kind of like, yeah, you kind of laugh when the and somebody gets killed in, you know, one of the Friday 13th or something. It's kind of like, cause it's just yeah. part of the fun. <clears throat> when you're watching this, it's like, this could be, you know, like, it's like I said earlier, this could be the guy that works down at the gas station. You know, it could be anybody. It could be somebody in your family for all you fucking know, you know? And, and, and it was just so fucking weird. I, I, I don't know if I brought this up, before and another movie we talked about, but my cousin Bobby and I may have, and if I have, I forgive me. But it just going back to how weird this shit is, and how it could be anybody. I told you about when he had this car, and he got, mm-hmm. and he got his car, the inside of his car, his seats reupholstered, and then I don't know. In, out in California, we had the Hillside Strangler, and it turned out to be two cousins that that when they caught and they were raping and killing girls and dumping them by the side of the freeway. And and uh, and they, they were there out there. Shit, they did a ton of this murders out in LA, and everybody's freaking out. And they finally found him. And uh, it was I can't now. I can't remember the names off the top of my head. But anyway, when they caught him and they showed they showed like the place that they owned, it was the auto shop that did uh, the reupholstery on my cousin's car. Oh shit! So he'd picked it up from there you know, not too long ago. And he's like, look at it. And they did a great job, you know, this their company. And we're watching the news. I remember he's sitting in my house. He goes, he goes, that's the fucking place I got my upholstery done at. And, you know, so like those guys ran that, that little shop. They could have been in there, you know, when my cousin's in there. 
you know, doing business with him. And there they Could are. Could have passed by him and never known. Yeah. You know, then he, who knows? He probably passed by some of the bodies on the way over to my house, you know, on the freeway there. You know, and it was like, you know, it's like, fuck. It's like, that goes to show you how crazy this, like these real, real monsters of our Among Us, you know, they're there. Yeah, they're just and everyday. It, they're they're not like a Freddy Krueger. They're not like a Jason Voorhees, which all have like supernatural elements to them and whatnot. They're very real, and that's the the thing about this movie. It feels like you're a fly on the wall watching somebody's like you know like Otis's uh you know home movie that he takes later on that we'll get into eventually. You know, you you right. you, you feel like this whole movie is just one long fucking uh, home movie, and you, you you feel like in a way like you should not be watching this. Exactly. Well, yeah, you, you do. You, you do feel dirty watching it like this is it's almost even though it's not filmed like, a, you know, like it's filmed like a regular like a movie. But it feels like you're not watching a movie. It feels like you're really watching something that's going happening. Like when he follows that woman home in the station wagon at first and he falls or he parks down the street and he's he's basically, you know, he's you know what he's thinking. Yeah, he's stalking. And she pulls in her driveway, and then the husband comes out to help her unload the whatever she's got in the tr- back of the wagon. And then Henry pulls off. And then what's and then you know what happens a little bit later in the story, you know? Yeah. When you know, like when I think it's the same house, isn't it? I, I think it's the same. I think when he's he's got. It, I know we're getting a little ahead. I don't know how much of the timeline we're going to follow the movie. Uh, we like, don't have, like, hey, it's our show. We can jump yeah. around if we want but, to. Right? But it, there's a scene later where he's got a he's got a part time job or like whatever, and he's like he's doing uh, he's doing like pest control shit. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a low rent orphan right. man. And like he goes like later on in the in the show down la- later in the timeline, you know, he goes back to that house and he, the guy says, "Yeah, you know, hang on to the hang on to the you know, it's the thing that distributes the poison, the canister." And he's like, you know, hey, uh, just hang on to that, and I'll call you when you get some work, you know. So he holds it. Well, he just takes it right over. He walks in a neighborhood, and there's people out talking in the street. He just walks right up to the door and knocks on it, and that was the house he was scoping out earlier. And she answers the door. They don't show him doing anything. They show the aftermath. They show her TV on you know, the top of her head, and as she's by, they're behind the couch, and as they go around, you see her where obviously she's been strangled and horribly murdered with a cord, you know. And, you know, and, and, you know, or she's just, you know, her eyes are open and all that shit. You're like, fuck, that could be anybody's mom. That could be anybody's sister, anybody's wife, you know, that could have happened to anybody. And it could happen right now, today, you know, and it's like, you know, and it's just crazy. And it's, and that's the scary thing about it. But when they, they go, it's more than just, you know, as they go into the Otis thing, they go to the, they, they, they break to the airport. Or it's bus right, station. Right. It's a bus station, isn't it? It's a, and they, I, uh, I thought it was an airport, but it oh, it is an airport. Yeah, no, 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 it's an airport. You're right. This is where Otis is picking up his sister Becky, and and Becky is, uh, you know, she looks like some nice Midwestern girl, you know, and she's got you know her bags and that, and then Otis. That's when we meet Otis. Yeah, and Otis and, is played again by Tom Towles, the late Tom right. Towles, and Becky is played by Tracy Arnold. Yes. And it's the the introduction of, of their characters. And, you know, this is where I made the distinction. There's a big difference between Otis and Henry. Otis is rude and crude as hell and a vulgar person. Henry, you know, I mean, other than being, you know, a, a, a closeted serial killer behind closed doors, he's polite. He's you know, polite. He, he's a gentleman. 
He's actually yeah, he, yeah, he's almost yeah, I, I would say almost gentlemanly, but he is kind of gentlemanly, you know. But you know, uh, on the surface, <laughs> right? That's the, that's the the big difference between the two, and you can kind of see like once they get together, when Otis and uh, Henry get together, because you know uh, Henry is bunking with Otis in his apartment. And it's, it's taking place in Chicago. You know, you can see right off the bat that Otis is rude and crude and kind of uh, a buffoon of sorts. He's almost, he, he's not comic relief, but he's kind of sort of comic relief. Right, you know, he always right. says something off cuff that just like, yeah, you, you, you want to chuckle at, but you know, you really shouldn't be it's chuckling at. It's supposed to be funny, but it's really pathetic. <laughs> yeah, it's really just like, dude, you're just being gross. <laughs> you know. Shut up, fucker. But it's it's, it's kind of creepy. They build the tension a little bit because it's like, you know, that's his sister. And, you know, you can tell, like, he's acting like a bit of a – when they're sitting at the kitchen table. And, uh, and, and you know, you can just kind of tell it's just like, you, you know, there's something weird going on here. Like, you know, like what's – like like. Well, he's always kind of making weird, you know, comments, rude, sexual comments. Monster. Yeah. And, and he's always – like, yeah, yeah, he's always kind of leering at her and just making comments that you really shouldn't be making towards uh, a sibling of, of right. any sort. You, would, you shouldn't make them, you know, to any girl, but, you know, your sister, my God. You know, like, come on, bro. And then, but, but okay, going back to the coolness of what this director and the writers did on this thing, uh, there's a scene where they show uh, Henry um, where there's a girl hitchhiking and she's got a guitar and a guitar. Oh. That and he picks girl. her up, but they don't. But they don't show. Like she gets in the car and he drives off, and you're thinking, okay, it's going to be a scene, and they don't show what happens. But when it goes to the back to the apartment where uh, fucking Otis and uh, Becky are sitting there having coffee at the kitchen table, and Henry comes home from work, he's got the guitar case in his hand. Isn't that yeah. fucking brilliant? Because it's yeah. like we know, like we didn't have to see it. We know. By those other images we've already seen, what this fucker did to that girl with the guitar, and we don't see her again. It's not we don't know. We don't know what he did. And but the, the, the note I made about that guitar, you notice at the very end when now again we're jumping around here a little bit, but you know that's okay. When uh, Henry and Becky are making off, you know, after uh, the death of Otis, right. they're carrying the guitar case. Yes. Yeah, they have the guitar case so that, like, that poor girl's guitar is still, like, you know, in the backseat right. of Henry's, you know, Monte right. Carlo still or whatever. Still with him. Right, right, yeah. It's just, you know, like, you never have to see anything that happens to the girl, any aftermath or anything. You just know whatever happened was bad. It was gruesome, and it was horrible, and who knows where her body's at, and now, you know, and, you know, yeah, and he's got that guitar, you know, and it's just like, it's like, oh, fuck, you know, and that's, that's. I think that's brilliant about this. Like, you know, everything didn't have to be shown to us for us to get like what was, was happening and just the horrible, you know, just the horribleness of the whole thing, you know. And I, I don't know. It was just fucking. It's so subtle. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, the last like 15, 20 minutes gets really hyper violent, you know, and a little crazy. But it's just like it, it so slowly builds and everything at least. At least for the first 45, 40 to 45 minutes, it's played so subtle. It's just like there's one scene when uh, Tracy Arnold is Becky. It's like picks up the guitar and plays it. She's like, oh, I used to play a little bit when I was younger. And it's just like, oh, she's playing the dead girl's guitar. Like, no, right. don't. Don't it's touch. It's still there, you know, like, oh, my God. Right, right. It's beautiful because it just kind of stayed with the movie. You know, like it wasn't just set up in the corner. They used it, you know, later. And, uh, 
Well, I think it, a lot of uh, a lot of credit, you know, we're we're talking a lot about, you know, Michael Rooker and John McNaughton, the director, uh, you know, and his uh, his director of photography deserves some credit credit. Charlie Lieberman was his name. Yes. And, you know, before when they were getting into the production, John McNaughton wanted to shoot it all handheld. And he, I forgot the name of the guy uh, that was supposed to be his original director of photography, but he was known as being one of the, you know, like a, the premier, you know, guys that could, you know, operate these big heavy cameras handheld, you know, especially 16 millimeter. But he lost him with, I think it was a week, two weeks before filming was supposed to start, but he got Charlie Lieberman, who turned McNaughton's uh, thought process around and was just like, hey, you know, let's shoot this more traditionally. And I think it's it's just made all the more better for it. I well, I agree. I mean, I think, uh, and uh, I, I just think the way the I think the way they do those this this whole thing, like even just that apartment that they use, oh, just sure. the way they kind of subtly go in and out of the scenes. There's just it's just kind of like a there's just kind of a rhythm to this movie. Like it's all this horrible shit going on, but it's kind of it's not slow in in the in 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 the in, in the meaning of like it was that's slow. It's just kind of like, it's just like there are these people going through their day, their, their, their like a real day, you know, and like all this horrible shit's happening. It's just so lackadaisical, you know, like they comes home, you know, Henry comes home and she's made fish, a big fish there, you know, and they're all just sitting here eating dinner. And then, you know, Otis is rolling a joint. And this is where they kind of, you know, you kind of get the, they just kind of hold on that kitchen shot for a while, kind of go back and forth where. You know, now we're getting to know. We, we kind of get the feeling Becky's kind of got a, maybe maybe a little schoolgirl crush on Henry. And, yeah, uh, yeah, especially when they start trading stories and Henry trades the story about, you know, how his brother and daddy died of natural causes, which I don't believe at all. I don't believe at all that right. <laughs> his brother died of natural causes or his, or his daddy. And then, you know, she uh, starts talking about her, her, you know, sexually abusive father and how she got out of there and the why she, you know, married a... Uh, What was the husband's name that they never show when the Leroy? Leroy. That's yeah, it. yeah. And when they start trading, you know, they're, they're both sad stories. She says something to the effect where she's like, you know, I feel like I've known you my whole life. I feel like I really know you. And it's just like, but, but you're just no, like, do you though? Do you really know? I know. We, you want to yell at the screen and go, girl, you don't want to know this. But, but um, you know, but I, what, it's on a little side note about that thing when he kind of tells the, story about you know like <clears> he <throat> originally uh otis had told her which he wasn't supposed to that he killed his mother with a bat and then when this later on scene where it's just becky and henry he tells that he stabbed her and then later on he's talking about when he's going through the story again and then he and he finished off that's when i shot her he's like i, I thought you said you stabbed her he's and like I, oh, yeah, I well, guess but, i did but, i guess i did i guess i did you know like that, oh that scene where he's talking to her, um, that was kind of used from. I don't know if you if you if you'd seen that documentary I was talking about. I didn't know this until just last night. But uh, when they're talking to Michael Rooker uh, on this documentary, and they were talking about what had happened was John McDonton wanted them all to go home, 
and write out what they thought of their characters. Like what, what's like write something in that character, like their thought process and all that shit. And they all did it. And he was kind of like, eh, he didn't want to write anything out. So I guess he went into the bathroom and taped, taped himself. I don't know if he videotaped it or what he did, or if he just did it audio, but he just taped himself telling pretty much that story at the table. Oh. And that was, you know, and he, and so they used a bunch of, you know, that, and they put that in the script based off of that was his thing that he turned into McNaughton of like, you know, his, instead of writing it out, you know, he kind of told his story and taped it. And then he ended the, then he ended it with the toilet flush. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then that, that's what he turned in. And there's something that's, kind of really crazy. cool about that. Like, you know, McNaughton was probably like laughing, like, okay, fucker. Yeah. All right. And, uh, and, and, but, but they ended up using a lot of that. And there, That's the way he great. told that story about his mother, you know, it was like, fuck it. He really built, built this character. Like he knew what he needed to do, you know, and it was, that's the brilliance of Michael Rooker and, and his debut movie coming yeah. in like this, you know, like coming in, coming with this in like a of, fucking freight train, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, fuck. And he I'm, remained in character the entire time. I read on several, di- uh, in several different uh, locations that he uh, remained in character Offset, onset, and offset for the entire duration of this the shoot. He didn't socialize with any of the cast and crew for the entire month that they were shooting it. And uh, I also read on the Wikipedia is that he was the only person to have his own private dressing room to keep him separated so that he, he could remain in character. Yeah, he didn't want to be around them. He didn't want to like like hang out with everybody. And yeah, he did. He had his own room just because he didn't want to be. You know, he didn't want to be too chummy and like he wanted to just be away from everybody and just like hang out. And he just hung out in this room. And I was like, that's a fucking cool idea. Because like, yeah, I mean, you want it to be like you still want it to be like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, like, you know, like, is he fucking Henry? I mean, it's like he's Henry, you know, and then but the fact that he's not, you know, hanging out, hanging, you know, having beers with him and partying at the end of the cats, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like he just goes back to his room and he's like just brooding like. Like, you know, you know, everybody else is probably hanging out and doing what, you know, everybody does, you know, at the end of each night, you know, when you're working on shit, everybody gets together and hangs out and laughs and parties. Yeah. But he wasn't involved in that. He just stayed in that room. And I was like, that's, that's some commitment right there. Right. Yeah. And you can imagine how scary it was working around him because it's just like, yeah. You know, he wasn't a known actor. He's he, you know, he, he was just Michael Rooker at the time. He wasn't Michael right. motherfucking Rooker. Right, motherfucking. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, coming out, always a, le- a legend, you know. But just like, that, just that look on his face, you know, and there's just that kind of dead look in his eyes, looking at, yeah, it's, it's, you get kind of nervous just watching it on film. You're like, this guy looks like he just, he would lose <laughs> his shit at that, you know, like okay, well, exact. Here's a perfect example in the movie when he. When uh, they're sitting at the table again, and uh, and Otis grabs uh, Becky, and he starts to put a kiss on her, and instantly, you know, fucking he gra- uh, uh, Henry grabs Otis by the back of the hair and rips his head back, and, and he, you know, and he warns him, you know, not to do that, and don't you ever, you know, and he makes him apologize, and yeah, and he makes him promise that it'll never happen again, which right. we know is a right, lie. Right, right, right. That's not gonna happen. But, but, you know, but, you know, but, you know, and then he, you know, of course that, you know, that fucks Otis up in the head, you know, cause it's like, you know, he got, you know, humiliated, but you know, he deserved it obviously, but that, oh, that, yeah. was good, but that trigger, like, that would be something like you think like that Henry would do, like even Michael Rooker in that character, like you wouldn't even want to fucking look, fuck with him. 
because he probably would like just thrash you real quick, you know, like fuck, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's almost sweet, sweet for like about a half a second that Henry is protecting Becky from Otis. Right. But as we both know from watching this movie, it's not going to last long. Right. <laughs> and she, she even, you know, she recovers so from that. Ending. Yeah, she recovers from that pretty well. And and she even suggests, you know, even though they got plenty of beer at home, she's like, "Why don't you guys go out to the bar and have yourself a beer?" And he, I just love the the deadpan. He's like, "What do you say, Otis? You want to have a beer?" Right. You know, there's like some secret <laughs> shit going on that, like, they're not talking about going to have a beer. They're going out to go do right. some yeah, shit. Yeah. Uh, let's go have a quote unquote a beer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know, Using air quotes again here. Right. Almost like you beer. had air quotes. Right. Uh, you know, and, uh, but those, the hook, that hooker scene, I was just going to say, when they go and they're going to the red light district and they pick up the girls, and again, it's just a shot of the car slowly creeping in. Long shot goes on for like two minutes, no cutaways. And Henry's in the back seat. He starts strangling the, the girl, and then Otis is in the front seat, getting the head from the other girl. And then, like, they just, you know, Henry just kills so both of them. When he kills it, both of them, he snaps their necks. Is what he kills his girl, and then he grabs the hooker and just like reaches over the seat because the girl realizes that her friend is dead. She starts screaming, and Henry just grabs it. And you hear the snap. The coolest sh- shot, the coolest moment of, is that scene. When he gets out of the car and like was gonna grab the girls and like get rid of their bodies, there's a quick shot of Otis, his eyes like white as golf balls. He's looking at Henry like, what the fuck? Like it's almost like it's almost like he's scared. It was like, what the fuck just happened? Because up until this point, you know, they, Henry, they were just beer drinking, partying. Yeah, they were like scumbags that probably you know, probably did you know, and I'm sure Otis did sleaze bag shit his whole life and. Probably did fucking fuck his sister. You know what I mean? He's just a scumbag. But it's like, you know, this thing, like, all of a sudden, he's with this fucking Henry. He just snaps these girls' necks like it ain't nothing. Like, it's eating a pretzel. You know, like, it's no big deal. You know, and it's like that that look on, on, on Otis's face is priceless. And that, and that goes to Tom Towles. What a great fucking, like, he just, you know, just looked up like, huh? Like, he didn't say anything. It's just a look <laughs> on his face. Like, it's almost like. It's almost like what the f- it, you, you see it in his eyes. It's terror. It's not like oh, he's yeah. like smiling like oh cool he killed him. It's like bro. That comes, it's almost like comes, he's saying bro what the fuck did you just do you know without it's a saying testament that to Tom Tolles and how how good of an actor he was. Yeah exactly. I met, yeah exactly. I met the man back in the day. You couldn't have met a more nice jovial right. good natured kind of guy. And I've I've met Rooker a couple times again. This is a testament to really good acting because Michael Rooker is again one of one of the most jovial. Just he's just a good old boy, you know. He's just a nice fella, man. He's a good fella, you know. And uh, goddamn, such good acting. It was just like <laughs> when I met Rooker, I was just like, "This is motherfucking Henry, dude." Right, right. <laughs> yeah, he still got that look. I mean, you look at his face. You look at it, you think. Like you look at him, you think I wouldn't fuck with this. I wouldn't want to meet this guy in the dark alley. You know, I mean, it's yeah, like he shit, just you wouldn't like want to meet him in a well lit alley. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, yeah, true. You know, you're alone in a bathroom somewhere taking a piss. He walks in, and you're afraid to give him the wrong look. He'd pound your head into the fucking wall. You know, you know what I mean? He just got that look. You know, and uh, there was something really interesting though. There's this tension. Uh, these kitchen shots are priceless. Because you, there's so much information in these shots that I, I, I just love these the shots in the kitchen. I'm just like, what a, it's almost like 
if like when you go to a like watch a stage play when they just have like you know like they may have a living room shot and they just got a a couch and a chair and maybe a lamp table you know in a lamp it's like a simple set it's just this little kitchen table three chairs and a stove and, yeah, and a, you don't really a, even see the rest of the apartment until much no later not much movie. not much but they these scenes are really cool like okay like here's an example of like tension uh before he gets his hair pulled what when she comes out and says oh look what i bought and and, and it says i and then the heart and then chicago we all you know like, i love chicago right everybody yeah, but yeah. i like henry says what does that say like what does that shirt say or whatever he says like what does that say it's like then you realize, oh fuck! Like oh fuck! I don't even know how to read, you know. Yeah, and they, they never they, have to say it. They never have they, to say. They never like, say oh, I can't read. And they don't get into it. Like oh, you don't know how to read, you know? It's just like it's just like yeah, he didn't fucking he didn't know what it says. And 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 then, then oh, and they make her. He tells uh, Otis tells her to put the shirt on, and there's there's this weird tension when she makes him turn around, and and then you know Henry doesn't want to look. He's kind of nervous. So he doesn't, he's not looking, he's looking down at the table and that's holy, she's changing and you see her bra and then she throws her shirt on, on Henry's shoulder, you know, which was Florida in her way. And then, and then like puts the top on it and she's just kind of standing there and, and then they're just kind of like, you know, they're just kind of looking at her. It's like, you can just tell like, the whole time you're thinking Otis, not Henry. Like what's Otis that pervert thinking? You know, like he's just like you know, you know what I mean. Well, he tries like, peeking he, too, and she yeah, even has to peeking. kind of scold him. Yeah, you know, and it's just like fuck, you know, and you're just like you know, there's that whole tension there where she just kind of stands there, you know, he's just checking her out, you know, before he grabs her and tries to, you know, and then he does grab her and you know, fucking put a kiss on her and shit like that. It's just like the whole thing leading up to that. It's just kind of just kind of slowly goes in there, and you're like, oh fuck, this creep, he's. You know, like any second, what's he gonna do to her? You know, like yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, you can just feel the tension in that shot. Those kitchen shots are just really good. I, I mean, the whole movie. Well, you is, said it I was mean, like I, a like a stage play, and I have to agree. It it does, you know, because it's the one location. You know, like you say, three chairs, three people, one spot. You know, it's it's right. very much like a stage play. It's just a simple shot, like you know, they do the close ups and that, but it's just one where there's kind of like the long. You know the the wide shots just of the kitchen, them just sitting there, and they're just having a conversation. They're not having big loud yelling shit going on, except for when he grabs him. You know they're just kind of sitting there eating dinner and you know fucking having a beer and you know just kind of picking at their plate and you know and it's just like it's just so mundane. It's just so normal. You know like you know how, you know just sitting around the table like you know yeah you just got off work you know and just whatever you just had a bad day or whatever yeah it's something just so. It's the whole normalcy, and then, but you know, as you're watching this, all that you know, all that other shit happened. You're like, God <laughs> damn, man, you know, it's just. It's just crazy. It's it's it's, it's so good. It's it, that's that's the thing though. That's so, you know, the whole thing about it. You know, just uh, uh, that just. It's the realness of it. I know we keep saying it, but I can't stress. If you, I, I'm gonna imagine most people have seen this. I'm assuming if you haven't, you know, you yeah, really, we're, we're ruining this movie like, for like you. We but might I, be ruining it for you, but I don't. I still, you still need to see it. You have to put this in your arsenal of movies you've seen. It's just got, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it's just, just the whole thing, just the, just the way the apartment looks, 
you know, the apartment itself is a character. It's just got its own look. It's just brown it's so dirty. And you look like you would get dirty, like hepatitis. And just yeah. And how it. many? I remember stuff going to people's houses that were pretty nasty like that. And you know, you're like hanging out somewhere, and you know, maybe you went to some place as a friend of a friend somewhere, and you went in there to, you know, I remember some places we used to rehearse years ago. You know, you'd be down in Melrose somewhere off some little CD street where a bunch of drugs were being sold and. We jammed in some room and it was somebody's house and people were in there just getting high and you know and it was just like the drug den or something and it was nasty like the wallpaper peeling there's cockroaches in the place and you know and it's just people so, just yeah. tell you hey don't worry the, the the rats scatter when you turn the lights on right right you know and you're just in this place and like you sit down on these couches like this and drinking a beer and like hanging out afterwards and and I see this place like, yeah you know you go in a place where people like live in this shit you know and it's like and how many you know, this, these uh, guys are just, you know, whatever. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling here. I'm just trying to, but the, the thing is cool. I, when, uh, I do like when they, when, when, when it kind of things start to change a little bit here is when Otis is home and he's trying to watch that TV. Not, no, oh, that's what I was going to bring up next. Yeah. Those TVs, like when you used to have to smack the sides of them and cause they would start the roll, the tubes are going bad. I remember doing that shit. I didn't kick the <laughs> damn thing. But I remember you fucking with the rabbit ears and trying to get the things that work. Rabbit ears with the with the aluminum foil on the them. Foil on it or a wire or a coat hanger on the end of it, like up at top, trying to get even more metal out there to get a signal. <laughs> I anyway. remember having a couple of TVs like that, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a couple myself. Those are my TVs. Full black and white I got in my room when I was a kid and used to watch all the monster movies. All the old. Oh, when they go to the. When they go to that fence operation with the 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 big guy uh, Ron Ashton, that That's, plays yeah. or Ray Ather Ray Atherton uh, plays him. <laughs> when you know the television salesman or the fence operation, you could tell that guy was going to die as soon as they showed him because he's insulting the shit out of Henry right. and Otis. It's like when he says the line, well, "Hey, just plug it in down there." I can tell you guys have had some college right. some education. It's just like oh, right dude. off the bat, right off the bat. Like, don't don't, uh, don't talk like that to these guys, man. It ain't gonna go well for you. But I I love it. That character is so fantastic because because it's just one of those moments where it's just like, you know, it's funny. McNaughton in this is documentary talks about. It's almost like like the heroes are like these repulsive, fucking horrible, vile serial killers, and in this scene, like the villain is this you know fat fucking jerk that's just a smart ass. And, he, and you can't wait for him to get killed, you know, like, and he's, you know, and he's the bad guy, really, in this thing. And they're like the, they're like the heroes. Like, they, you can't wait for them to polish this asshole off. And this guy's so good in this. You know, it's just instantly like you. Motherfucker. It's almost, it's almost a shame that he only had the one scene, but you you knew it wasn't going to end well for him. Right. And when, so uh, basically, they're they're trying to buy a TV because that TV we were discussing earlier, Otis kicks the the the, the screen, you know, and he, of course the TV blows up. So they're <laughs> down there with a the guy, obviously, is selling stolen shit in like a storage garage or something. And they they're gonna give fifty bucks, and they're showing him this little thing, and they're like, "Well, how much for a color? You ain't gonna get color for you know more than like you know." So, so he's giving him shit. Well, during this whole ordeal. We finally, you know, as they're talking about money and, you know, what, what's what, what's going to buy what for what. He throws in this deal where there's a, they got the old school camcorders, 
these are the old ones where they're kind of big and they have yeah they're like shoulder mounted ones <laughs> right they're vhs vhs you know where you put the you know the tape in the and shit and it's the old old school shit and he's doing a thing like well how much for that you know the coin guy goes well i'll give you a deal that was he's saying so normally a thousand dollars i'll give you half off and henry's like that's 500 he goes yes that would be half off <laughs> and you're like yeah. like this guy don't know when to quit dude <laughs> you're, you're gonna get it you know, it's, it's almost like an intense uh admiration for for a second is it's like oh i'm surprised that they fucking uh you know could contain themselves for that long right so this guy won't stop he didn't know when to quit so finally rooker or rooker henry grabs a soldering iron he rams it into the guy's hand and the guy starts screaming otis has got the guy you know by the back of the neck he grabs a cord around the guy's neck and then rooker's taking the rooker i keep saying that henry is grabbing the fucking uh, soldering iron. He's just ramming into this bag. This guy's wearing like a big white overshirt, almost like a doctor's coat or something. A big white. Yeah, shirt. yeah, yeah. And he's he's slamming this thing into him, and of course he's like sticking the pig. You know, he's just like his blood everywhere, and this fucking guy's just like. Ah, but the I cool thing the, is they they grab the little TV. Yeah, the little so black fucking, and white one that they that was the only one that they could afford. He smashes. They smash it on his head. And then he goes, well, Otis, plug it in. Or Otis just kind of stands there and then he starts smiling. And then fucking uh, they reach in there and he plugs it in. Of course, you know, they got it set up where it starts sparking and smoking. And this guy's like, ah, you know, in a fucking, you know, and, and uh, that, was good, that was a good scene. The effects guys, whoever set that up, that was some fucking good shit. Because that was all practical. And that was all fucking just good old school fucking effects, man. Good old school old timey shit that it's just that was good it looked good and it was it was cool enough that he was stabbing the shit out of him but then they ended on a really cool note with that tv and, and then not only like that he smashed I and mean, when he smashed the tv over his head was a good finishing maneuver so to speak you know right. he's like yeah turn it on over this right now plug the fucker in i get what that like even that like it kept ramping up like now plug it in and they plug it in now sparking and smoking and now this guy's getting fucking fried you know it was just like it was a fantastic scene. That was a great. That was a good. Time. I remember when I was seeing that for the first time. I was like, "That was fucking cool." Yes. But now we go do. They're watching a TV, and they're filming each other with this camcorder at the house, and they're dancing with Becky. And then they clipped back to the regular shot of Otis is holding the camcorder, and of course he's you know filming Becky, and probably wants her to take her clothes off and shit, you know, and he's just doing all kinds of shit, and. Then, and you see, and you see, like, you know, at first, Henry's dancing, but, you know, he's nervous. He's not into dancing, you know, and he's just kind of being nice. And then he, you can see his face. Like he sits back down, and he's kind of had enough of Otis, like, prodding him, like, to say shit to the camera and dance. Yeah, because he even tells him, he's like, turn it off, Otis. Stop. Turn it off, right. <laughs> right. And then, you know, so this is the first inkling we get of the camera that uh, that is going to get even even crazier. Uh, when they're, I mean, isn't the the following scene when they're uh, Otis and and Henry are taping the the uh, the hobos that are arguing and fighting and they're like mugging somebody, but like uh, uh, Henry is kind of teaching him like at the ways of a serial killer. He's like telling him, you know, I don't remember if the, uh, if this happens before or after this scene, but he tell you know he's like, I want to use a gun. He's like, I know who said you can't use a gun. You just don't use the same gun twice, and he's kind of schooling him on how to 
get away with this kind of stuff. He's like, you don't use the the same gun more than once. You don't kill, you know, stab every one of your victims. You like you stab yeah. one, you strangle another, you shoot another. He's like, but he describes it in such a way where he's like, you know, if you kill them all the same way, it becomes your fingerprint. It's almost like a craftsman explaining to a trainee like how to like how to do right. something. Or, or like you can imagine like somebody trying to an old timer showing you how to fly fish. Like, you know, like <laughs> right, you know, right. Now you make sure you turn this and you wrap this ten times there and you make sure you put this knot in here and make sure that you know, it's just like kind of matter of fact, like, you know, like this is you know, this is a guy who knows his shit and he's telling you how to do it right. So you better listen. Because you don't use the gun twice, you know, you don't do this, you don't do the same thing, you don't dump the body in the same place, you know, all these things that saw, it's like something like somebody like, you know, somebody teaching a novice, like, you know, this is like somebody showing you how to, uh, showing you the ropes, you know, showing yeah, you how this to is do almost this. like somebody teaching you how to like, you know, do construction or, or how to properly bake a cake and it's like, you know, right. you got to. You got to layer it. You got to use a whisk. You got to do this. And he's like, you know, and if you want to do it properly, you better listen to me. It's right. Just like, and, and it's chills it's, every time. Yeah. It, it, because it's just so matter of fact. And like, it's almost, you know, there's nothing like, all right, I'm telling you this weird shit. He's just not. This is like what he does, you know? And it's just, and that, that's the beauty of that scene. And there is a part where Otis says something, and I can't remember exactly what Otis says to him, but like, Henry drops his kind of matter-of-factly demeanor, and he's just like, watch your mouth, Otis. And he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, know? he says something He says something kind of smart-ass, and he goes, what? He says, what? And then, and then yeah, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, the thing, oh, the, I know what you're talking about. When they're in there, uh, I think they're, he's looking in a bathroom mirror or something, and he's saying something. He's pissed that, he's pissed at that. He was selling drugs to that boy. And then oh, like, and the he, guy like, popped made, him in the mouth. He yeah. made a pass at the kid, and the kid smacked him in the mouth, and he wanted to go kill him. And, and fucking, and, and he's like, you don't get that high school, boy. They'll come looking for you, sure as shit. You know, it's like, you know, it's almost like you've he's been saying. You've seen with them. You've been yeah, seen you've been seeing, like, you know what? Like, like, they're going to find, they're going to go looking for a killer for a high school kid. You know, they're, you know, he's not saying that, but he is, you know. These these people were killing. Nobody's going to care and look for You know, they're not looking after, you know, they're not looking, you know, which is sad but true. You know, and uh, and so that's when he's not feeling. That's when that scene comes up. He goes, "You, he goes, what? Would you say that again?" And he goes, "Well, well, you want to go kill? I feel like killing somebody. What? What was that?" He goes, "I feel like killing." Yeah. As well, and then like, that's when right. they go out. Let's go. And they go out <laughs> driving, and they just pull over. It's crazy because you think you know somebody probably could do that back then. You know, just pull over the side road, lift your hood, and nobody around, and no cameras anywhere. You know, and you just and they just flag this poor guy down. Like the guy thinks, you know, he's a good Samaritan, going to help these guys out that are broke oh, down. Poor guy. So it's just Get what that. happened back in those times. What being a good Samaritan would do, would do for you. Right. You get out to help him. You know, like, hey, hey, well, you guys need some help? And he's like, I don't know, Otis. Do you, do you need help or do you need to do it yourself? And he's that's basically a wink, wink. Like, you going to pull the gun out and shoot this motherfucker or what? You know, he didn't say <laughs> that. But fucking Otis pulls the gun out and blasts the guy three times. The guy falls down and he's dead. And they just kind of get in the car and drive off. This poor fucking guy just wanting to help out. He's laying there dead. And you think, how many times has that happened, you know, in real life? You know, just some terrible, you know, somebody tries to help you out and they just got fucked over. You know, it's sad. You know, it's like, oh, shit. You know, like, there we go again, you know. And it's just, you know, it's just, and that's the thing that this, this whole, the mood in this movie, you know, 
you know, it's just it's just weird you know it just it, well it, the, the thing that i found chilling is what to me one of the more more I keep using the term chilling, but I can't think of any other way. It's terrifying. Is when they're videotaping the hobos attacking uh, the, the the one victim. And, you know, Henry is, again, schooling Otis, and you know, on how to properly get away with this kind of thing while right. eating a sandwich. He's eating like a burger or a sandwich oh, yeah. just out of, out of some, like, tinfoil. And he's just, like, eating while he's – they're watching somebody else kill somebody. And, he, like, geez. Like, like I'm saying, it, like – like it's like he's a, like you know he's a machinist in a machine shop eating his lunch and he's showing the n- new guy how to fucking set up a thing to do drill something you know like it's no big deal you know now now we are at now we are at the point in the movie where mm. they go back out with the camcorder and this, yeah this, this is the roughest scene of the movie I think this is the scene. This is the scene, before we talk about the scene, this is the scene that when I saw this, I, <laughs> I was watching this thing and I felt sick. Like I felt, I've never, I like, this is, it was weird because I've seen, I've seen so much fucking shit on, you know, we've all seen this, the craziest shit on these, in these movies, like the death and the killings and shit. It was the first time I'd seen anything like this where it's like basically what they're filming as they're filming, they've invaded this home and they're and they're attacking. The husband's already on the floor with like a pillowcase over his head. And he's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. you know, he, he can't see what's going on. And Otis has got the wife. She's screaming. They're in their like living room and he's ripping her top off and like, you know, pulling up her skirt where she's got pantyhose on. But, you know, you can, you know, it's like, you know, woo-hoo-hoo, you know, and he's playing with her. Yeah, he's just having a, Otis having is a having a good time. He's having and, a good time. But. Henry's kind of all business. Right. And it's just like, so he's filming it. And actually when they, he actually had to do the filming here because they had the mirror in the back when they were capturing me in the mirror and they were doing it on purpose. So he had, so, so actually uh, Michael Rooker's actually holding the camera. So Henry is really taping this with the camcorder and they're filming it. The girl that's in the movie that's being raped or like, you know, being her, having her clothes torn off and being tormented. That was actually her first movie. She oh, and her husband moved from Kansas, and they moved, and that was her first thing. And she read the script, and and McNaughton like warned her. He said, "Did you really read this script? Like, did you really read it? Because this is this is what we're gonna do. Are you okay with that?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And then when they got the set, and the guy was already on the floor, or the guy playing her husband, and what they had her do, you know, she was. It was like, you know, it was she was scary, you know, for her. Like she knew what they had to do. And even Tom Towles says in the thing, he goes, you know, it's weird. He goes, we're filming, you know, this, these shots over and over. He goes, he goes, the, you don't realize the physicality of what you have to do. Like when you're doing this stuff, it's, it's, you know, he kind of explains it pretty good. I remember doing this crazy weird shit like this, like in, in House of Horrors. We had the mask on, we're doing the stuff and it's like weird. It's like, it's, I remember just the, I remember the heart racing and like your ears are ringing, you're just trying to get through the scene, and it's 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 not like you're having fun doing the movie. Everybody understands what's going on, but when you're filming it, it's it's weird. You know, it, it's like you know, it, 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 it's it, you're just trying to get through yeah. the scene. Because you have well, to I mean, I had a similar experience when we were doing Blood Moon River. I mean, that was right. a fun fun shoot because like filming yeah. some of that you know material is just like you get caught up in the moment, and you're you got to be mindful of what you're doing. You know, boundaries right. that you 
have set with your between actors and whatnot and things that you have because sometimes you have props that that could very well hurt somebody right oh and you got to be very careful but you got to also remember to stay in character it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot on your mind yeah there's a lot going on and you're trying to get the like whatever the lines you're supposed to say like you know you got to go from point a to point b in this scene like you got it like this is you know so you know in your head what you got to do but you're also you've got an actress that's you know, she's moving around. She's got her problems. You know, she's got her own stuff she's got to deal with. And you're both kind of doing this thing. You're trying to make it as real as possible. And it's weird. I mean, I remember just like being these things and my heart's racing. It's like, it's like, it's, it's really kind of, it does kind of freak you out. You know, it's weird. It, it's, it's, it's hard to describe it. And then, but anyway, when they're doing this scene, I remember now watching this for the first time, that was long before I ever did a movie or anything. I had no I had an idea. I'm just, you know, in my what what was i probably in my early 20s and uh and uh i don't remember what it was but i'm watching this and i remember just sitting there and i'm looking over at my friend and he's like you know he kind of had a big smile on his face kind of like not like you know like uh, it was kind of like like i told you <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I told you I told this you shit you. was real like i told you i told you he didn't tell me anything about the movie other than you're you're not gonna believe this when you see this and it was like, he's looking at me like, huh? You know? And I'm like, and I like, it was, it freaked me out, man. It freaked Did you me have out. a little bit of a Henry and Otis moment like there where you're just like, wait a minute, <laughs> is this motherfucker going to try to kill me? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, really. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah, my friend may get up to do it. But I'm just like fucking, I'm just like, I remember even after I left his house later on, you know, and I remember I kept thinking about it. I'm like, oh, fuck. It just. It bothered me because I just I knew that it, that shit was happening for real. Like it, it was happening, you know. Yeah, like people were doing that shit, and it fucking really like as much as like you're into horror and you're into violent stuff. Like it was like fuck. This is like people, you know. And then it just keeps going. It's 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 not like a super long scene, but it's so impactful. Like okay, so he so Otis has got her on the chair and he's ripping. He's showing her skirt and she's kicking her legs up. And he's got, you know, he's ripping her clothes. I'm just, you know, she's completely being humiliated. And the husband, you know, like, you know, like, you just know there's nothing good going to happen here. And then they add a kid. The kid, the son walks in the house. And now the son sees what's going on. And then so Henry puts the camera down. And what they did actually was real. They had a sandbag. He handed the camera to the cinematographer and he set the camera down so it would be just right. Like, right, you'd had it be just perfect so they could get Otis and then Henry, you know, with the boy. So the boy comes in. Now, the boy's trying to protect his mom. He doesn't know what's going on. And then Henry's got the boy, and he's the boy's putting up a good fight. You know, he's, he's not just sitting there, you know, he's like trying to fight and help his mom and dad, you know. And the boy, and then, of course, Henry finally overpowers him and snaps his neck. Now you hear the snap, and now those boys dead. Then the mom's freaking out because he just saw her boy get killed. And it's just going on and on and on. And then fucking, and then Otis, like, they snap her neck, and now she's dead. And then Henry goes over and, and stabs the husband. You can hear, he's like, Ugh! he doesn't know what's going on. And, and fucking Henry finishes his He knows off. bad shit's happening, but it, with the bad girl, yeah. he said he can't now, really now know exactly. His wife and the boy are dead. And then, and then, like, they were originally going to do a necrophilia-type rape scene. They were going to do, they were going to have him pull down her thing and I guess like pretend, you know, like he was hurting because he does kind of, 
Otis does kind of play with her after she's dead and like, look at this. And he kind of, you know, he sucks on her nipple and they kind of, kind of, and uh, it's like, and they were going to do a thing. And then I guess McNaughton fought wiser and said, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> doing that. better, better heads prevailed. <clears throat> well, they, they interviewed the actress, that little girl, I forget her name, but she was really sweet in this interview. And she's like, yeah, they were going to do like this necrophilia thing. And I was like, oh, okay. You know? <laughs> you know, like, and then they decided not to do it. And, uh, but that is, I mean, that scene, when, if you haven't seen this movie, and I hope, you know, even us telling you what happened, when you see it, now, I don't know, and maybe all these years later, like you get jaded and you watch shit and it doesn't bother you anymore. You see so much crap. But back then, and like, like you had the same thing, because when you and I talk about doing this movie on, on cinema degeneration, you know, you suggested, I said, get something really fucked up. And you, you came right back with Henry. And I wanted to go through well, when the you phone. said something, you said something vile and notorious, I think was the yeah. word you, you right. used. That, yeah. <clears throat> and I was you just like, Henry. well, that was the one. I, I think I, I think I thought of that and said death wish was the other one that I thought of. I think which would be wonderful as well. Yeah, maybe I, we'll I, do that I, next. You know. When it said, when, yeah, of course. When Henry, when you tie back Henry, I made that joke about driving to uh, uh, driving to your house and giving you a kiss <laughs> I, I, I go, oh that's perfect i was like why didn't i ever think of that and and and, and well we got to save some of the big ones for later can't right. do you know the heavy right. hitters all we got you know right. Right. gotta mix exactly. it up <laughs> exactly but when you but that scene i remember when you and i would kind of talk about that scene before we you know decided to do it we were just, we, well we did decide to do it but i remember that scene you and I were kind of having a little message. We were going back and forth about it. And I remember just thinking, oh, my God, yeah, I remember. Because I remember talking about the movie. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then I remember that. So I was thinking about that scene. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, oh that it's, scene is so hardcore. It's just, it, I remember you had the same, you, you and I are on the same emotional boat about this scene. You know, about, you know, we we're on the same page, man, like, of, of how it affected us. It was, and you were younger. Oh yeah, I was I was, I was way younger. I was thirteen, maybe fourteen. The first time I seen this, I don't remember exactly when I found it. I found it at uh, it was a, a chain of video stores called Box Office Video. I don't know if they had right. those out in California back in the day, but uh, there was a chain at least out in the Midwest called Box Office Video, and there were several of them in my old uh, old town I used to live in when I was younger called uh, uh, Valparaiso, Indiana, and. I found one of the three stores had it. So I rented it and I took it home and watched it. And I was just like, cause I was used to, you know, again, the Friday the 13th films, you know, the Freddy Krueger's, the, the Halloween's and stuff, you know, the, you know, evil deads, Texas chainsaw massacre, that kind of stuff. This was like, it felt like, you know, like, again, like you were like a fly on the wall watching something that you shouldn't have had the displeasure of watching. Right. right exactly how i felt but it's, it doesn't have any more or any less le or not any more but any less of an impact than it did back then because i watch it now and it's still again harsh harsh watch i'll probably will not watch this movie again for a couple of more years that you know who knows when i'll watch it again because right. it's it lingers on in, in your subconscious for a real long time well what they do too when they when they go, they're showing this on the TV. So we're watching we're watching a movie of a TV being filmed, and and so when they cut back when the scene ends, there the, it's it's Otis and Henry sitting on the couch watching it. And Henry just doesn't really look pleased. 
he's just kind of like, yo, but Otis wants to watch it again. So he rewinds it, and Henry's like, what are you doing? I want to watch it again. So Otis puts it on slow-mo, so it's like this. Yeah, frame by frame, Image, yeah. The images are like, eh, 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 and it's like, it's Otis with that girl. You know, and it's just like, it's like, oh, oh, fuck, you know. And that's exactly what a guy like that would do. Like, he would yeah. watch it again. He would watch it again in slow motion and want to watch him doing that, you know. And it's like, you're like, oh, this is, it's it's brilliant. It's disgusting. But it's fucking exactly what this fucker would do. It's exactly what they would do. And uh, I even like in the thing, the TV that he kicked in and why they're watching this TV and why they got the camcorder. It's on top of the broken TV. Like, they didn't even get rid of the old fucking TV. <laughs> it's like, it's on top of the shattered It's It's, it's, it's glass, very you know? realistic because I've seen a lot of people back in the day that would have a broken TV and just get a new one and set yeah, it right on top on of the top old of it. one. Right, right. I, the old broken uh, TV just became a, the new TV right. stand. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So uh, a sad oh, part yeah. I got to mention that is not even a, a scene that involves a kill that doesn't even involve any murder, any gruesomeness. But it's I think it's shortly after the scene where they're both where Henry and Otis are both watching the, the home movie when it cuts to Becky at her workplace, getting yes. a call from her from her grandmother to talk to her daughter that right. she left behind to go kind of recreate a new life for herself. And it's just, you know, she's. It's just so damn sad because she's like, yeah, I'm going to get some money. I'm going to bring you out here. I can't wait to see you and everything. And it's just, it's some, it's some nice dreams, but you know, that that dream is going to turn into a fucking nightmare. It's just never going to work out the way that she she wants it to. Well, she's such a sweet, she's such a sweet girl. Like anybody would want somebody like this in their family. She seems like she's such a sweet girl. It's had so rough. And you just know, like, like she's dreaming about this, a better life. And cool. Somebody like, you just know. And then she's kind of got a crush on Henry, you know, and you just like, you're just like, oh, this is all going to just turn out so shitty for you. You know, it is sad. It's sad. It's like, and you feel so bad because like, oh, you know, it's just like, it's just, it's, oh, yeah, it does. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, it's just got to be one of the most heartbreaking scenes in the movie. And it's all solely just on that, that actress, Tracy Arnold. She does such yeah, a good job with a great it. Great job. In her. Your heart just sinks for. You do. Yeah, it does. And uh, and then it goes it goes pretty much now they're driving around in the car and, and you know Otis is of course just infatuated with his camera and he's filming everybody on the street. Look at her. Oh look at that dress. Oh look at her run. Oh look at this. And you know, and then he's such a nitwit he he like pokes out too far and he clips the camcorder on like a car and it busts the camcorder all the fuck. So now he oh yeah. And so he throws the whole thing <laughs> out. Bastard. And then he's kind of like. Why'd you throw it out? We could have got a fix. And, you know, and it's just so. So this is now where these two are, they're, the honeymoon's over with Otis and Henry. It's kind of gotten bad. He want to stop and get a beer. And he, so finally Henry just stops the car. You want to get a beer? You go get a fucking beer. And then Henry pulls off. And then fucking Otis basically goes out and he gets fucked up. Now we're back in the kitchen. And it's almost kind of like cute. They're like, you see Becky and Henry, like almost like almost like this could work. They're playing cards. He's having a beer. You know, he's he's not saying shitty shit to her, but she tells him that he's she wants to go back home. Yeah, and she said that right. she had quit her job too. I think right, right? she quit her job right, and then he was kind of like he's looking at her like, huh? You know, like why? And then you know she's made up her mind, and and then it's kind of sweet. He's like, you want to go with me? 
you know, you want to come, you know, you want to come home with me? Like, you know, you can stay there and all that stuff. And she wants to build a life. She's got a, cr- you know, she's got a crush on this guy. You know, and, and he does seem like a nice guy. And At least goes, to her. Well, At least to her. To her. To her. They have some so, nice, they have some nice dreams for about five minutes. You know, he tells right. her, I want to know the one thing he says, I, I got a new visa card. He's like, I want to try out. He's like, how about you and I go out and get a nice steak dinner? Oh, yeah. where'd you get a visa card? And he just kind of shrugs, you know, and he, Right. Like, Ooh, you got a visa card, you oh, know, like that oh was, yeah. It was probably right. from that family. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it's almost oh. like, you know, yeah, exactly. And it's kinda like, oh, what kind of people you think you're dealing with there? Like he's kinda like, you know, and it's almost like it's that thing like, you know, they're poor, they got nothing, and he's got a card, and it's like, Oh, it's I want to treat you to a steak, baby, you know. You know, and it's like, yeah, oh, okay. You know, it's and it's just that whole thing, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's just it almost like, gives you a glimmer of hope in her eyes because it's just like, you know, this could work. It, it could yeah. work. It's not going to, but it could. Right. This guy wants to take me out. You know, he doesn't want to just throw me in a room and fuck me. You know, he wants to take me out to dinner. Well, she you know? tries to, to, I mean, doesn't try to, but she comes on to him. She starts to undress and, you know, takes her top off and starts to undress well, what him. What happens? Starts to kiss him and then doesn't Otis walk in? Well, the setup for that, basically, they go out. Otis, they come home, and Otis is passed out. That's right. That's right. Otis is passed out, and he's fucked up. And so he's, like, laying in. I don't know if he's in a pair of shorts or underwear, but he's just passed out. He's got a beer in his hand. And, of course, that video is on slow motion, you know, and, uh, and they come in the house. Henry sees it. She, like, slips off into her bedroom or something or the bathroom, and then Henry takes it out. You know, and puts it in his pocket. He takes the videotape out. Turns yeah, because he, he stops it playing before she has a chance to see. Right. What's on the TV. Yeah, because initially when you see it, like, oh fuck, she's gonna walk in and see that. Jesus. And then yep. she walks out. Honeymoon's over. <laughs> right. And so then he's gonna go into his room, and she kind of takes him by the hand and walks in and kind of leads him into her room or whatever the fuck it is. And they're gonna go through this like the, they got a, like a sheet hanging down over the, the doorway. And she takes him in and she basically like, hey, it's okay. You know, like, you know, I'm going to let's, you know, let's be together. So she does. She starts taking off her her top and he looks really nervous. You know, you think this violent rapist psycho killer. Like, yeah, but he doesn't. You know, he's really he's almost childlike. He's nervous. Well, I think he doesn't know. He doesn't like, know what, anything about how to be gentle. And right. How to how to, how to do this. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't how he treats women, you know, like, you know, so he doesn't know. She's unbuttoning his shirt. She's in her bra. And it's just like, it could have been a sweet moment. And it was like, he's, she starts to kiss him. It's like, you know, it's okay. Like, it could have been like a thing, like, you know, like, and then. They could have had a nice night. They could have had a nice night. Right, could have been a nice, night. right, nice, you know, I had made Steak love. dinner and a little hanky-panky at the end of the night. You know, it could have been a nice end to the evening, but Otis has to come in and. Otis comes in and fucks it up. He opens the thing up and he's like, oh, well, I don't know, what does he say there? He's got, he's got. Yeah, I'm not interrupting anything, am I? Oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> he's standing there sipping on a big bottle of booze and. and His uh, dirty underwear. Know, right. So he's, so Henry's just kind of like, oh, so he just like he puts his, and you know of course Becky puts her top back on and Henry's just like fucking he so he goes to leave and now he goes to buy a pack of smokes doesn't he yeah that's right he goes out to get smokes kind of asks Otis if he needs anything and he says no and he leaves and you're like oh fuck don't don't leave her alone with him right drunk (laughs) Otis this is not gonna be good drunk Otis is gonna no 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 
this is bad. So anyway, I do we'll like go- though, however, it, it it does make me chuckle a little bit when Henry gets to the little like corner store, the little bodega or whatever. And the guy's making small talk with him, you know, and he's like, what kind of cools you want? Hundreds, menthol, you want, you know, shorts, longs or whatever. And he's like, hey, how about them bears? And he just like in that low voice goes, fuck the bears. And the guy's right. like, like, and the like, guy's like, yeah, like, whatever, you know, like, because <laughs> that was exactly what a guy like that would do. It'd be like, you know, like, hey, how about the bears? You know, like, uh, you know, you're out in L.A., everything's, you know, how about those Dodgers? You know, everything. You know, how about the bears? You know, everybody's, you know, Chicago, fuck, it's all about football, you know. Like, how about those bears? Fuck the bears. You know, that was a great line, you know. And, uh, and you could tell and, that, like, he has a moment, like, a little exchange, because he pauses when he walks out for a moment, like, like having that second guess, like, do I go back and kill this guy? He's like, no, right. no, not today. It's just like when he right. runs into the, the lady walking the dog, you know, you know, oh, what kind of dog is it? A Heinz. Like Heinz, what fifty-seven varieties, and he's just like he's confused. You didn't get it. And it's good. That's a good scene because you brought that up before. It's like she's there, this old lady walking her dog. She's out there, and you know, it's late, it's dark. He can do whatever he wanted to do with her right there. Well, he follows and her to like the he, the entrance to the alley, and he watches her for a half a second. And then he's just like, no, like. So, something yeah. stops him. I don't. I don't know if it's it, he wanted to get back to Becky, but there was no sense of urgency about it. He's just kind of like, no. Nah, yeah, you know, it was. No. Oh, yeah, it was like, nah. You know, he just left her alone and walked because at first she thinking, oh boy, here you we know, go, here we go. She's you know, but no, he left her alone. Lucky for her. And uh, so now he he ends up heading back, and uh, as he's walking up the stairs, uh, we do see a quick clip, of course. Uh, Otis is raping Becky on the living room floor. Oh, and, such an uh, uncomfortable it, scene. Which that's also a though. fucked up scene too, man. It's like you know when you watch that, and you're like, oh fuck. Well, not, not only is is he, but it's just like man, it's just it's like oh. It's well, so, I mean, rape scenes are uncomfortable and nasty to begin with. Right. Right. It's also his his sister, and right. then too, he starts strangling her like in the middle of it. Yeah, if, right. Like if Otis, uh, not if Otis, but if Henry hadn't showed up when he did, Otis would have killed her. Yeah, and, and uh, exactly. And, and, and a real quick side note on that scene when he wraps that shirt around her neck, uh, and she was already kind of hyperventilating because of the scene. She actually passed out. Oh, uh, I did not realize that. No, he woke up. She tells a story about waking up, and they're all kind of like, "Oh shit," you know, like you know, and they and they and she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I miss my cue?" And it's like she actually passed out for a second. You know, she was there and passed out on the thing. Wow. Up. So, yeah, that was wow. pretty hard. Yeah, that was hardcore. That whole scene, she had talked about how she had to do all those scenes in one, 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 that one day, that one night, all that hardcore stuff. And, uh, you know, killing Otis and all that. And, you know, so what happens now, basically, you know, uh, uh, Henry walks in, sees him. So he starts fucking uh, fighting. Otis and then Otis grabs a bottle and you know whacks Henry pretty good with his glass bottle so he's kind of out of it. Becky grabs a one of those they used to call them rat tail combs where it has the long kind of point on it. I remember yeah yeah I remember seeing those a lot back in the day yeah back in the day and so she stabs him in the eye that's a pretty good scene so now he's like screaming his ass off you know ah and so fucking Henry grabs that comb I think it's he grabs the comb too and he he gets kind of gets Otis kind of pinned up against the wall and rams the fucking, he's ramming the fucking comb into the 
his chest and killing him. And it takes Otis a minute, you know, he's like kind of struggling. And then, you know, and you can see Henry's just kind of, you can see his body jerking as he's ramming this thing into him. And, um, So now, you know, Becky's kind of in a conundrum. It's like this horrible thing happened to her, and then she's got fucking, she just saw her brother, even though he's a scumbag and a rapist, you know, like she just saw her brother get killed. And then it's Henry, you know, he's, and then Henry's like kind of having a meltdown, of course. You know, like, let me think, just let me think, you know, and he's shaking her. Something about like, we got to call the cops. And he's like, no, no, right. no, no, got to no, let no, me no, think. No, no. Right, right. So it's just, it's just, it's just intense, man. I mean, it's just like, you know. He's got blood over his hands. This is the guy she loves. Like, what am I going to do? Fuck. You know, and then, so then he drags Otis into the bathroom. And you can hear the noise. And she's kind of looking, and then it cuts to the, this is actually a pretty cool scene. You see uh, Otis's body kind of slumped over in the tub, and then you can hear, like, a sawing sound. And, like, it's like, you know, and Henry's basically <laughs> cuts off fucking Otis's head. And they pull his head out yeah, and just puts, puts it in, in a plastic bag. garbage bag. Yeah, you know, it's in the sink. And then he just starts, basically, he starts, now he's cutting off an arm. You know, they don't show too much of that. But they basically, he just like, okay, I got to handle this. So he just basically cuts Otis to pieces and they fucking put him in these bags. And uh, basically at this point in the movie, it's like they got to go, you know. And so they don't really show like a bunch of cleanup or anything other than the fact that, you know, he... He puts Otis in a situation where they can carry the shit out to the car, you know, and it's, uh, you know, and him in these bags and they've got the big blue suitcase uh, and then the guitar case. Yeah. And they basically, they basically, it's the middle of the night, you're assuming it's not morning yet uh, quite. And uh, they take off in the car and now it's just really kind of a, still kind of a sweet conversation where she invites, uh, uh, no, it's Henry invites Becky to what his aunt's place or something? She's got a horse ranch or something. I forgot. Oh, his, it's something. I think I think he says her, his sister's place. He's oh, just got a ranch. She's got a ranch, and he talks about these horses, and you know, it's kind of like it's almost kind of still kind of sweet, like you know, almost like it could still be, you know, after all this, you know, we could still still you know, have a happy have ending, this, maybe have this cool. And we can get together. So they're kind of going on about it, and he pulls off like over a bridge, I guess in the city and it's dark and he pops the trunk and he basically throws these bags carrying Otis's parts uh, in the, and they splash in the water. And so it's kind of like, God, you know, like, like I wonder how many times this really happened in real life. You know, somebody there just throwing the shit in the fucking, you know, in the, in the, in the, you know, down in the fucking water, you know, and police will find yeah, it. Yeah. It makes you wonder how many, how many bones and bodies right, are how much shit sitting in that Chicago down. river. So they're basically driving and, uh, and uh, talking about, you know, their future and all, they just basically go to a, they stop at like a little roadside hotel. And she, that's when she's the scene where you're talking about, she's playing the guitar. Right. She's playing the guitar and she's sitting on the bed and, you know, it's all kind of kind of cute, nice. Like, oh, there's, you know, like, oh, okay. Well, almost planning, you know, like she's talking about the guitar and how she used to play and, you know, and all the luggage is there. And they're kind of like, well, you know, almost like, 
like you know, almost like they're going to start a new life. You know, you get the feeling, oh, this is going to be, this is what's going to happen. And uh, it basically what happens is the next morning, it kind of leaves it like that. Like, what are they going to do? You know, like he's, but you know, he didn't. It's like weird because like he's, it's not like it's happy or like anything. You know, obviously, it's just kind of like they just kind of leave it like hanging. Like, I guess is she going to go with him? She's not going to go. But now he's shaving in the morning. And uh, it's morning time, and uh, he's gonna leave. And, and he leaves. Uh, uh, he leaves alone. He leaves alone. He's got. Uh, he's got some luggage with him, uh, and uh, he's got. Uh, he's got a little bag in his hand, like his little personal bag. He just gets in the car, and uh, pulls away. And you're like, well, hmm, Becky's not in the car. Uh, so you could think, was she in the room? Is she dead? What happened? Did he leave her behind? But Did he leave her behind? Is she still asleep? And he's just going to leave her? What you know? Where is Becky? She's obviously not in the car. He pulls away from the hotel. Then they do a shot where he pulls up, basically a country road, like a little highway, like one of those highways that we all know, out in the middle, got a two lane highway, or you know, and and uh, kind of out there in the sticks a little bit, you know, some little trees by a field like we've seen a million times out in our area. And uh, he just gets out of the car, opens the trunk, couple cars go by, the usual big, no road, nobody on it, little road of nowhere. And all of a sudden there's a bunch of cars driving by. He stops for a minute, opens the trunk, and he sits there and a couple cars go by. And, and he and waits. He, he, he waits, waits for a moment. He, waits. Yeah. he just kind of sits there until they're gone. And then uh, he just pulls out this that big blue bag, and you could tell there's blood on it, and it's full of something. It's heavy. It it's not filled it's with clothes. It's, def it's definitely heavy. It's not. It's not t-shirts. And he hangs and he kind of gets it over to the side of the road and kind of just not really hides it. He just kind of sets it down behind some brush, but it's sticking out. You know, I mean, it's not like you know you can't see it, and it's got blood all over it, uh, part of it like running down it. And you, you kind of see it under the car by the tire. You can see it laying there. And yeah, the the angle it, that they shot it at was so perfect. Yeah, you know, like to see it just like under the fender well, between you know, underneath right. the tire, and everything. And he gets in the car, drive off, and then he just kind of slowly zoom in on the bag. You know, that Becky's all inside that bag. And yeah, I actually have seen some fan theories that uh, questioning whether or not that uh, you know Becky was in the bag or not. And I don't understand how you could ever assume otherwise. Yeah, I don't see another any other connection. I mean. Like, what else would it have been? He killed her and put her in the bag, and he's heading on. He's heading, he's going to California or wherever he was going to go initially. He's moving on, you know. He wasn't, he had no intention of being with, with her. Nope. And, no, uh, poor and, Becky. Uh, so he's, he's doing, yeah. So even though she was a nice girl, yeah, she, she ended up one of the victims. And uh, that's it. That's the end, end of the movie. There's credit. no happy ending. There's no retribution. There's no comeuppance for the killer is just uh, right. uh it's so bleak <laughs> so very yeah. bleak he just leaves you like with a sour pit in your stomach you're just kind of like uh you know there just wasn't it was just uh it was just like, then, like i had said once before like you you want to take a shower when you're done watching this movie you, you do you want to like like you're like I guess I'm glad I'm watching it, but I kind of wish I didn't. And I get, I get, like, I'm glad I did, but right, right. Like it's like, oh, like you just you leave, and it haunts you. You know, like it's it's not like over. Okay, cool, that yeah, was cool. You know, you you 
It, 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 it leaves you like with a gut punch. It, yeah, that's exactly what it does. It's a gut punch. You know, you leave there feeling just. I remember after I was done watching, I was kind of like, Ugh, I just felt, you know, man, I felt empty, just kind of like, just I don't know. It was weird. It was, and and even watching it again, I was like, oh, this is just so. I'm glad. I'm glad they deserve whatever credit they got for for making us because they did. They did an amazing job. This is a fucking. This is an amazing movie. It's just that it's just because it's it is like I said earlier, kind of like laughing and joking, but it is to me. This is what probably hanging out with serial killers would be like, you know. Right, you know, right. If you were if you were friends with a serial killer for a while, and you end up living and you didn't get killed, you know, or you'd end up getting killed, whatever. This is probably what how serial killers are, you know. It's probably like a real. You know, this is probably as real as it gets without actually watching somebody, you know, you know, found on real found on footage video, you know. It's, right, it's, right. Yeah, it's uh, it, ooh, it's a it's, it's a one two punch. It's a, it is. It hits you and it leaves you laying on the floor just going, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, what, that's how I felt. Even like going home, you know, and you're just like after the first time I saw it, I'm like, you know, I just remember it was just like, Ugh. you know, I just like it was. You know, and so it if, did its well, job. Well, hopefully that's what they were going for because most they everybody were. I know that watched this movie has the same has the same feeling about it. <laughs> you know, wow. There's that a funny means... story. There's a oh, quick no. funny story about this about during the home invasion scene with the with the with the video camera, the thing we talked about. That a lot like they were saying a lot of people would leave the theater. Like there was people like that were like would get up at that point, you know, like they couldn't handle it anymore. There's people that walked out in the beginning, but there are people that walked out a lot there. And there's this quick story about how there was one premiere somewhere where Michael Rooker was late. And during that scene, this lady got up and literally ran out of the theater. And when she's running down the steps of this theater, Michael Rooker was coming up the steps and they ran. They didn't like physically hit each other, but they were like in each other's path and they met face to face. And she went. And this is Michael Rooker telling the story. She went, ah, and then turned around and ran back into the theater. Oh, shit. <laughs> that buddy. That, 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 that's horrifying, so, but funny. So she went time. back in. I don't know if she went back in and sat down, but she got away. She ran, She saw Henry and ran back into the theater. She probably felt a lot safer in a the movie theater. She's probably like, yeah, at least I'm around people. I don't want that fucker to take me away and lead me into the bathroom or something. But I thought that was that's yeah. a funny little, little funny little thing I wanted to add there at the end. But, I do yeah, remember was, there was a, a, the director had told John McNaughton had told a story once that I heard in an interview. It might have been on Joe Bob's show where he said there was somebody that came up to him and kept saying, you know, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't. He's like, what can I do? And he's like, you can't show this kind of stuff. You can't film this kind of stuff. You can't show a movie like this with serial killers and murders. And there's no comeuppance for the, you know, the the murders and everything. You just like you just can't do that. And he's like. His reply was, "Well, we just did." Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess he told him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, what, like, what's your point, dude? It's you know, we did. We, we, we already did it. it. It's too, it's too late now. You Where were you three years it. ago when we shot this fucker? Right. Right. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I guess uh, we better get into. I'm, I'm really curious where your rating is going to come in on this one because I, I, I'm. I'm I, 
you know, because I don't know if we've given this a glowing endorsement of saying how real and how vile it is and how uncomfortable it made the both of us. But uh, we, we got to give a rating and give. So what's your final thoughts and your rating on a scale from one to ten on Henry? Well, the fact that you could sit down. I've always said this about songs that make you cry. Like you could put a song on and certain notes together could actually make you feel emotional enough to cry. That's happened to me a million times. Oh, same, same. And well, we all have, and that's, that's good. I think that's a human thing. And I think that's, you know, and you, and whether they tried to do it or not, there are certain things that will make you emotionally enough to start crying. by hearing a certain song. Same thing with this movie, not, not necessarily crying, but, but to actually to watch it and have those kind of feelings by some people that sat around and thought up a movie and then got the right actors to play the part that could make you feel this way. I think whether you like it or not, or agree or want to, or think stuff like that should be shown. The fact that a filmmaker with, with literally like a small budget like this, not that the budget would mean anything, but but the fact that somebody made an independent film that had this kind of an impact on you, and the fact it could make you feel that emotional, and the two guys that have seen tons of violent movies could still yeah. to this day have that same feeling at different ages and still feel it and still feel it. 30 I some think, odd years later, you know? Right. I think that this film 100% deserves 10. Uh, 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 10. I mean, this is this is that. This is one of those movies. 100%. Because of that. Because of what it did. Like the song that can make you cry. This film made you feel sick. And it, they did. And that's what they were going for. They wanted to portray a Henry portrait of a serial killer. And they did. Yeah. And, 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 I, and, and, I, and to me, this is 100% a 10. I, I agree, and I'm matching your tensor for all the no. same reasons. I can't, I, I don't know that I can explain it any better than you did, but there's something about the, just being able to evoke that kind of a, a response from right. a couple of guys like us. Like, again, we've seen just about everything. Right. And if we haven't seen it, we've seen stuff like it. We've seen every right. kind of gruesomeness that you can possibly imagine. And the fact that, you know, 30 years later, more than 30 years later, I can watch the same movie and still get that same response, and it hasn't been, uh, for lack of a better term, watered down right. in any way. It, it, you said it best. It's like listening to a song. You know, there's certain songs that I can listen to whenever they come on. Within a couple of notes, I'm starting to get misty-eyed and choked up. Right, right. You know, and as soon as I started watching this again for this review, I instantly started feeling those emotions again. I'm like, okay, I feel uncomfortable. I feel somewhat dirty. And I'm going to know, even though I've showered already today, I'm going to take another shower or a bath when it's all done. Turn well, on even that you know, water. even the fact that you know what's coming up next, it's still, there was no, even though nothing was going to be a surprise, it still brought out those emotions. Just like that song that you've heard 10,000 times can still bring out those tears. It's still brought up. And, and that, 
And to me, that was the thing. I was like, this this movie, for it to still be able to bring that out of you when you know exactly what the next scene is, there's no, there's no surprises. It still brought out that emotion. It still brought it to the surface. Of, uh, you know, and, and it's like, fuck, you know, what a great, you know, what a great accomplishment as a filmmaker, you know, and, 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 and the actors, I mean, my God. You know, I mean, and I think that's why, you know, and I only mentioned this movie very, very briefly, the, the sequel, you know, the, it, it has no resemblance to the way this movie was made at all. It didn't have the same music, the same actor playing Henry. It didn't have the same director. It didn't have the same cinematographer. It had nothing, none of the elements that made this one work. And that's all I'll say about that one. It just, right. it was just, to me, uh, it, it was just a cash grab as far as I'm concerned. Right. Like, hey, we got, you know, it's been 10 years. Let, let's, you know, make a sequel and cash cash in on this movie. But of name, right. Yeah, it's uh, you know me. Usually, I like sequels. I don't mind sequels. Yeah, I'm a sequel. I love sequels. I, yeah. Hey, I, love I have sequels. a whole podcast dedicated to the fucking things. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> right. But it's just, uh, I mean, Henry II. I think it was called Mask of Insanity. Was just not, not a good movie. I have and, never, I, I have never, I have never seen it, and I don't. Really you're not missing to. anything. It's, it's just. I'm not, the, I'm not saying that if it was it's on, not good. I'm not. I'm not like. Oh, I'm now nah, I'm not gonna see that movie. It's it's not that at all. I just I never really knew about it. I can then I kind of heard that there was one. I wasn't interested in seeking it out. Now if I was happen to be floating around on Tubi someday or something and or whatever, and I saw it there and I was just sitting around, maybe I'd watch it. But I, I don't have any desire to seek it out and watch it. But I'm not boycotting it or anything. It's just I never saw it. I mean, it I wouldn't say necessarily. I wouldn't say necessarily to boycott it, but right. it's like it, it didn't do anything for me. And I, I've seen it once and I'll never, I never, I will never feel the need to ever see it ever again. Right. But man, yeah. th there was a sequel that. And after your glowing review of it, I don't really feel like seeing it either. But like I said, I watch sequels. I love sequels. So maybe I'd watch it just to watch it. But I, I, I'm not, it's like when that, when I first saw, you know, the original Henry, uh, 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 you know, I never heard of a of a sequel. I think I think it was to just recently. I'd I'd heard something mentioned or something about it, and I was like, "Oh, really?" And the fact that you know, but I never really was interested in checking it out. It didn't really. And so it's now the proposed it. sequel that they had talked about that never happened. It was called Henry's the Superstar of Crime, which to me, the way they described it, it was you know picks up right where this one would have left off. You know where, where it picks up where the first one left off, and it was about Henry getting caught right. and becoming like a sensationalized, you know, celebrity serial killer. And had you know, they would have had John McNaughton return, and would have it was being spearheaded by John and and not Henry <laughs> and Michael Rooker would have been in it. But like, I, I would have been interested to see that. But I'm kind of glad that they that it didn't happen because it just sounded like well, kind, like kind of like a natural born killers kind of thing. When you initially told me that, I because I never heard of that, and then I was kind of like, eh. but then when you told me that uh, McNaughton was going to come back and possibly Rooker, I'm thinking, well, that probably that may have been interesting if they did if they really had some fun with it with how we make serial killers into superstars. That may have been an interesting film, 
you know, and I agree with you, that probably does sound like natural born killers in a way. But I mean, if they, if he had come at it with that kind of whatever the fuck, you know, however he, the filmmaker, the fact that this is his film initially, I think maybe that could have been interesting. You know, having, thinking of Henry being caught doesn't interest me at all. But in the no. hands of McNaughton, in the hands of McNaughton and Rooker, I, that would have been maybe something that that have been something I would have sought out. <laughs> I mean, I would have went for that. I would have said, "Let me." It all depends. It all depends. I'm I'm sure I would have like you know I would have uh, given it a shot, but right. But sadly enough, it it, it never happened, and it's let's face it, it's far too late now to make right. a, an immediate right. sequel. But whew, holy cow, what a movie! I, right. Yes. I, I'm still. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to decompress after. <laughs> <laughs> after after watching this one, man, I'm, I'm kind of glad we finally did it because I mean, I it, it it popped up in my brain a couple of times where I thought, you know, hey, maybe we ought to try covering this one. We ought to try covering this one. I'm like, not nah, got to say some of the heavy hitters for later, but right. You know. Well, I'm glad we did. I'm glad. I'm glad we finally did because I don't know why it never crossed my mind. It seems like you always come up with these great fucking ideas. It's like, like that's why I even said to you, come up with something notorious, and like two seconds later. Yeah, I don't. Even, I mean, seriously, I I, don't, I probably didn't even set my phone down. Like, like all of a sudden it was like, you know, I thought, oh, and you said that, and I was like, oh fuck, look at this guy. I knew it. he's a fucking genius. I knew <laughs> I knew you would pick something great. And I go, and I thought, why the fuck did I never think of that? Like that, that's a perfect movie to do. You know, fuck. Yeah, you when, know? when I think of Notorious, it's the it's the first one that came to mind. Yeah, you know. and it's perfect. It fits. That's that's what it is. It's Notorious, and it's, it's and that's it. Yeah. So well, that we did it. Said, uh, it. <laughs> uh, let's let's both go take a, a right. hot bath, uh, not necessarily right. together, Bow but not that, you know, not that I'd be opposed <laughs> to it, sir. But uh, right. you know, go get cleaned up and you know, maybe say a prayer to whatever God we might uh, right. Be, right. Be pray into this evening. But uh, a couple of, hail, a couple of hail, hail Marys or whatever they do, or right, right. <laughs> ask for ask forgiveness from Godzilla right. and Cthulhu and Crumb and you know, all the all the above. Uh, well, th- I want to thank you, Bud, for uh, taking another uh, couple hours out of your uh, busy Sunday afternoons uh, for doing this with me. Uh, it's it's always fun, although this one was fun in a different way. It it, <laughs> it was a, a hard watch and a hard review, but I you know I, I had fun doing it because you know it's always good times when we're together. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more, my friend. You said it. I can't say it any better than that. I agree with you 100%. Right on, right on. Well, folks at home, uh, sorry we took up your a couple hours of your afternoon listening to us uh, get nostalgic about this. Uh, who I almost don't know how to put it, but fine piece of, of film history. It's, uh, you know, it, we might have uh, not have painted such a really good picture, but I think if you're into horror movies, you're into exploitation flicks. And, you know, you, you want something, uh, if you're in the mood for something a little notorious, this will be right up your alley. But uh, once, yeah, once again, I appreciate your patronage. I appreciate you listening. And if you want to help us out, you know how to do it. You rate, review, subscribe, like the links, share the links, comment on them, and maybe uh, send us some suggestions of what you want to hear our, take, our takes on next. So without further ado, I'll bid you a fond farewell, and uh, thanks as always for listening. And we have been reviewing and dissecting Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer from 1986. Thank you.
Tupac. What's gonna happen when they find those bodies? Nothing. What do you mean, nothing? That's what I said, Otis, nothing. Nothing's gonna happen, because nothing happened. And I don't know nothing about it, whatever it is. Do you? Hey, I don't know nothing. <laughs>